Good evening and welcome all that matters listeners. Thank you for taking time to connect with me today here on our weekly talk show. As a gentle reminder, our IGMA Inc. brand concept for this broadcast is to interview and discuss all that matters topics with our special guests each week who are committed to sharing great insight, resources, answers, tips, and strategies to help empower individuals and organizations seeking to sustain themselves, especially during times of uncertainties, namely because we maintain the topics discussed matter to our radio listeners. Today, we are rounding out our discussion on the topic of motivation, movement, and possibly manifestation. Therefore, our objective for today's discussion is to motivate our listeners to be intentional and better manage our time. And who best to share his professional and personal insight than our very special guest, D'Angelo Shears, yay, of the Las Vegas Raiders Player Engagement Coordinator. So D'Angelo, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing exceptional. How are you? I am fabulous having this opportunity to bring you and, and all that you do to the center stage for our listeners is an honor. And I'm very thankful that you've taken time out of your busy day to hang out with me. But because yeah, I love it. Well, gladly, gladly, because I know you or I've gotten to know you a little bit better than most, I would be remiss if I didn't have a moment with you to just say, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so that our audience can have the same type of love for you that I have? Yeah, sure. No, uh, definitely appreciate the opportunity to um, jump on your show here today. Very excited about it. My name is D'Angelo Sears, born and raised on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Graduated Howard University, plays Cap Alpha Psi as well. Um, I obtained my master's degree, well, started at the university or Roosevelt University in Chicago and finished at Roosevelt University. So right now, um, you know, I'm with the Raiders. This is going on my seventh season and I've been blessed to have some uh, unbelievable opportunities in this sports space. Awesome. Well, let's just drop back and give a kudos to all the Kappas out there listening. I hear Hello. you and for the Deltas. <laughs> but anyway, that being said, I want to drop back just a moment. Also, I heard you said you are a graduate of Howard University. What was your major? Sports management major, uh, business administration minor. Switched it about uh, three or four times, but once I found out they had a sports management major, I was all in. Wow. I've got a relative I've got to make sure that he uh, connects with. He did the sports management at another historically Black college, but help me understand, what does that entail when you say sports management? What does that degree look like for those people that are kind of on the fence and not sure where to go? Yeah, for sure. So it's really any career in sport, whether you want to be a teacher, whether you want to be a coach, athletic director, anywhere in the sports field with NBA team, NFL team. It's such a broad kind of career perspective. And, you know, what I've learned there is the sport can be, you know, anything from, of course, bowling or something like that to, you know, your own personal competition within yourself on, you know, golf or tennis, of course, or different things like that. But uh, sport ranges all across bunch of different spectrums and, and they have it everywhere so I, I love the fact that I was a major in sport management I felt like I learned a lot had a lot of really great people along the way and I feel like uh it really helped me prepare uh for a life I guess in sports awesome well you know I say that because like I said one of my relatives recently graduated Albany State and got sports management as his major and then he was like, I'm not sure what to do with it. So I'm hoping that he's listening in today because I promise you 
this is benefiting me as well as him. Now, I would say once you got that sports management degree, how long did you wait to get your master's MBA? What did you get your master's in? Yeah, so I got my master's in uh, business administration, got my MBA. Um, always told myself, you know, if I was ever in between jobs or if I was ever looking for a job, uh, I just wanted to go back to school while I was looking. So it was one of them opportunities where I just finished uh, a season at NFL Films. There was a little uncertainty of whether or not I was going to be back. And I was like, you know, instead of continuously waiting or, I mean, during the whole time I was filling out applications for different, you know, careers uh, in sport. But I said, you know, instead of waiting on something to hit me back and, you know, going on unemployment or something like that, let me just go back to school and kind of take advantage of that while I had the opportunity to. So that was kind of the mindset. Hey, that's a great mindset. I want to motivate others to listen to what you're saying while you're in waiting and in transition. It is okay to keep adding those resumes with education, right? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. And so for that, I just want to say to people, depending upon whether or not you're sitting with a sports management degree or you're in wait and transition and not sure what to do, I am just so thankful to have you here expressing the MBA. If you could like say one class that really helped you in your new role, what might that class or what were some tips or strategies or techniques that you learned having an MBA? Because I encourage people to keep learning, but was there one class that really helped? Absolutely. That's a great question. You know what? I I think all classes help. And to be completely honest, I felt like my MBA was actually easier than my undergrad degree. Um, yeah. You and me both. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yes, you, I agree. I told somebody that just yesterday, hey, look, having the undergraduate degree was the one that I worked the hardest at. Why was it hard for you? Just drop back and pump for a minute. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I was a student that always did really well in school, played a lot of sports in high school, but, you know, always bounced out. Mom never gave me an option. Like, I... It was either do good or nothing. Like you, you had to do well. So, um, always kind of didn't. And I don't want to say I didn't work hard, but it kind of just came naturally. I felt like in high school, and when I got to college, I kind of followed the same routine. And sure enough, my first semester, I got a two point five, like a C average. Uh-oh. I was like, okay. So let me uh, <laughs> let me figure some things out here. So I had to learn how to study. I had to learn how to, you know, get with some of my peers and actually form study groups and uh, really develop better study habits than what I had. Again, high school kind of came easy. So once I did that, you know, brought my GPA, I believe I graduated with like a three, seven, three, eight. But um, from that point on, once I learned, yeah, appreciate that. From that <laughs> point on, uh, once I learned how to study, everything came, everything else came easy. Um, to wrap back around to your question, your initial question, I think for the MBA, one class that I really, got a lot out of was uh, just business organization. And it was just really helping me understand how to stay organized in the space, um, really how to speak to people, how to talk to, you know, different professionals and uh, gauge their interests. Of course, as you know, by being a University of Phoenix graduate yourself, you know, you're, you're talking with people all over the world, literally all over the world, not just the United States, but all over the world. And, you know, they have all these different career paths that they've chosen. And, you know, some that they're currently in at the moment of of taking an MBA program. So to be able to pick their brain and kind of bounce ideas off of them and to learn how to speak some of the lingos and, you know, different things like that, it was, uh, it was exceptional. It really was. 
Well, awesome. You know, I'd love to keep going, but I have to remember to take a quick station break. I appreciate you being so transparent because I know that there are some people listening. They're in transition, not sure what to do with their degree, but we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back again, thank you for all that you've shared to get here. But I want to talk about the title that you wear, the player engagement coordinator. So if you don't mind, take a break, everybody. We're going to just come right back and we're going to pick up talking about this player engagement coordinator coordinator in case you're sitting out there wondering what is that so if you will take a quick break with this and we will be right back well ladies and gentlemen we are back and thank you so much for taking that quick kool-aid break if you don't mind so we're still here with mr d'angelo shears for those of you that are just now connecting with us and we were about to talk about his title with the los angeles is it Las, Las Vegas Raiders? I'm Las getting Vegas. all tongue-tied here. What I guess I get confused, first of all, is the Raiders weren't always in Las Vegas, correct? Correct. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So I, I'm not the only one. I know somebody had that question. Wait a minute. She's all tongue-tied and not getting it right. See, I understand. I can read your mind. So on that note, now that we are clear that we are talking the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> Tell us about this title, Player Engagement Coordinator. That sounds thick, as they say in the kids' world. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So uh, basically what player engagement is, is uh, everything off the field for the players. And uh, that's helping the rookies kind of matriculate through their NFL career. That's helping um, some of our veterans with, you know, different things like relocation or family, you know, mental health, different things like that. That's also helping our um, our veteran players or players that's about to retire um, understand different opportunities outside the world of football. So I like to say I always enjoy helping our guys see themselves as more than athletes, if that makes sense, I guess. It does. And I just want to applaud you. Having been a basketball coach, a co-assistant at a Division One school back in the day, not that I was a star, I tell people, I've had my moments, I just kept my scholarship. But too often, I find that some of my peers, some athletes that I've know, known along the way, they get this great opportunity to be professional. And they go into it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I see it too often. They go into it with a big head. And I'm using that as a phrase just to put a pin and say, they don't know. They don't have the life skills. And that's not putting the players down in any way. But your relevancy of your position for me is so timely. Seems like the salaries are getting bigger, but the players are coming in younger. Am I correct? Yeah, I think, you know, it's still uh, a three-year minimum from college. Um, so, you know, that the age is kind of sort of the same. I, I do think... <laughs> Definitely the salaries are getting bigger. There's no doubt about that. Okay. The, the TV deals and, you know, um, just the money that these players are able to make while they're playing, even in endorsements and off the field. Yeah, the money is much different than it used to be. Um, but, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, this whole life skills area and learning how to, you know, spend your money or what to spend it on, how to budget it, uh, learning how to say no to – to certain people and of course the people that that's taking care of you of course you feel like you want to be able to take care of them as well but um you just don't want to open up the floodgates and have 
cousin so-and-so that you haven't talked to in 30 years now reaching out to you all of a sudden because you are NFL players. So we just, we're just trying to have them understand how um, – so let me go back a little bit. When I say we work with our rookies, the NFL mandates uh, different modules that we have to take – every team has to take their rookies through. So you'll have financial education. You'll have you know, healthy, unhealthy relationships. You'll have substance abuse, mental wellness. Um, different things like that where we'll bring in different speakers to facilitate some of these talks and, you know, in hopes that our guys are listening and understanding, you know, how to select a financial advisor and, you know, what should your agent be doing? What does the NFLPA do for you? Um, just different things like that that we help all of our rookies understand. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest parts of it. And I will say, you know, this is going on my seventh season with the Raiders. Uh, been extremely blessed to be here for this long but I can tell a kind of a big difference of when I first started having to kind of pull some teeth and pull some arms on guys that's uh, trying to help them understand some of this outside stuff, life skills, how to, you know, manage your new time, your new money, different things like that versus now having some guys that's coming in the league and they've been prepped from, you know, even some people from high school, but definitely from a college level. And now they're coming in and they want to seek out some of these other opportunities outside of football. So I can't see it definitely getting better for sure, um, but I definitely think it's an area that we're still working to improve, definitely. Well, I, again, I, on behalf of every player that gets to sit at your feet or your foot, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've had family members that have gone off and become pro athletes, and you're right. As grandmother would say, cousin them come out of the woodwork. They, <laughs> they got the hands out, hadn't talked yeah. to me in, in years come but still I'm just curious I'm first of all I'm glad with all the the different categories or sessions I'm not sure what you call them but having to take those rookies through them my question to you is how do you stay motivated working perhaps with the player knowing that he comes in probably making a salary that's different from yours and a positive oh, much different, much different for sure. <laughs> How do you stay motivated in your role as a player engagement coordinator? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've never gotten into the NFL or in the space for sure for the money. Um, to me, that's something. I again, this is going on my seventh season, and I haven't felt like I've worked a day since I've gotten here. So I think that's huge. Um, but, you know, we always we, we talk about it at, at our facility as well. Um, it's not really about the money you make or, you know, getting a thank you or being in front of a camera or being on an interview even and, you know, getting the credit for things. It's doing all the behind the behind the scenes work. Um, I heard a really great analogy. Like if you see a duck on a pond, you just see him kind of floating on the surface. But underneath those feet are flapping really fast. Right making them yeah. pedal and move on the water. But if you look at them, they're just floating, cruising real smooth, right? So that we kind of, we're kind of those feet underneath the water that's making sure the guys are good outside of football, with their families, their friends, uh, their mental space. But, you know, what you guys see is just a, the smooth, gliding player on Sundays that's scoring touchdowns or throwing them or, you know, defending or making a game uh, saving tackle or something like that. So, I take pride in all the other stuff, the, the helping athletes see themselves as more than athletes. I love when I unlock a new potential career opportunity for a guy that's never thought about that before. Like that's, that's really intriguing. And 
um, it just motivates me to keep moving forward in that in that area, I guess. Well, I just want to say again, on behalf of every life that you touch, I feel your heart. I feel that you really are not in it for the money. I think you said it best. You haven't felt like you've worked since you've started this journey seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to you. I do have another question for you. When you're setting up each player or I guess each one has to go through a certain level of classes or whatever sessions you might want to call them. Do you have to attend the session with them or do you just put them in a room with whoever the speaker is? What does <laughs> yeah. that look like? So, yeah. So we're, we're part of all of our rookie sessions as well. And, you know, every year, cause we literally have about 20 to 30 different modules and different things that we have to go through with these guys and uh, just try to, again, make sure that they're prepared off the field. But we'll get a lot of guys that's, you know, by the second or third week, they're irritated. They don't want to be in meetings. They've had practice. They had workouts. They've had, you know, uh, lifting. They, they, they've been lifting weights. The mental stress of now being in the NFL and learning playbooks that's a thousand pages long, like that's definitely that definitely takes a, a, a hindrance on your mental. So by the time they come to us at the end of the day, a lot of these guys, they're like, oh, my God. But. You know, for us, I've sat through a lot of these presentations six, seven times. So I try to tell them, like, you know, if we can do it, man, y'all can too. And it's not for us, it's for you guys. So, so many times we'll have rookies complaining about different things. And, and they're always great. It's never a, a real problem or anything like that. But, you know, nine out of ten times these guys come back either at the end of the year or their second, third year. And once they can see some of the things that we try to explain to them and try to help them avoid or be prepared a little bit more to handle, you know, it's always uh, gratifying seeing those guys thank us and, you know, have a better understanding of everything at that point. I think sometimes as a rookie, it's a little tough, but um, you definitely appreciate it later in your NFL career, if that makes sense. It does. And I must yeah. say, if I had to like package up what I just took from that, D'Angelo, Honestly, it sounds to me like you're the long overdue paradigm shift in the industry to help each of these athletes maximize their opportunities in the league, in an industry right. where the average tenure is somewhere between what, two, two to three years. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. you got a lot to learn in a short period of time. And if they don't get it, shame on them because they have you. Oh my goodness, I could just go on right there. I'm just so excited for you. But we've got to take another quick break, guys. Time flies. Audience, thank you so much for hanging in here with us. We're going to take another quick station break and we're going to be back. And I'm going to still ask those questions that I know many of you are thinking about, such as what are some projects have you worked on? Maybe some of the ones that have been most uh, memorable for you. So we'll be right back. Is that okay with you, D'Angelo? Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, come back. Don't hang up on me. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, like you, I was sitting on the edge of my chair waiting to come back in. So we're back in the game with D'Angelo Shears. And we want to just pick up from where we left off. D'Angelo, I know this sounds like it's been a seven-year run of excitement, some projects that you've really had. But along the journey, I recall as I was looking out, checking you out to make sure that you would be a good fit for our, our listeners today, I ran across a quote 
And I just want to know if you agree or disagree and why. The quote was a motivational quote by Ken Piot. I think that's how you pronounce his name, P-O-I-R-O-T. You can help me out. But it stated, anyone can perform good deeds for an audience. The best among us do their greatest work when no one is present to bear witness. Do you agree with this quote? Why or why not? Absolutely. So, yeah, that's the quote I have on my LinkedIn page. And um, I think it perfectly describes what we do in player engagement. Um, you know, I think, uh, like, you know, like I talked about before, you, you, we're not in we're not in it for the notoriety. We're not in it for, you know, to be on center stage or front of attention or to make a, a trillion dollars. Right. We're not in it for those things. We're in it to make sure the man behind the mask is okay. And, you know, I think some of the best work that I've done in this space, nobody knows about outside of that particular person or that particular player. So, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, RIP Kobe, but he's one of my great um, mentors that I like to, you know, read about and learn about from different things he says. And he always talked about like how, you know, Clearly, the product you see on game day is what it is, but nobody sees the countless amount of hours he's go, he goes to the gym the morning, then, you know, lifting weights, coming back in the afternoon, you know, then going out to dinner with his wife, then coming back at the end of the night. Like, that's the stuff that nobody sees, but that's what makes him great, or that's what made him great on the court. So, you know, not comparing what we do to anything like that, but I think, you know, having some of those conversations off-site or, you know, some of those personal conversations where you can see a guy's interest is peaked outside of football when all he's ever known is football all his life. Like, you know, that's something that I take great pride in and, you know, helping these guys just, again, see themselves as more than athletes. I can, uh, listen, you have my heart wrapped around your finger because like I said, I have had family members who have been in that space. They've not, not played football, but in other athletic arenas and I wish they could have had you. Looking back, hindsight, I'm sure they needed you. So if for no other reason, again, congratulations to every heart you get to touch, every player you get to motivate. They may not see it right now, but I'm sure you can probably recall or reflect on a story or two where you've helped somebody in seven years and they've come back to thank you in a way that you had not imagined. Do you remember Absolutely. any of that? Tell us and about it. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. I think, um, you know, when I think about some of the stories, uh, some of the things we've done in the past, I think we're in uh, the Bay Area in Oakland. We really got a great opportunity to tap in with some of those resources um, out there. And one of my line brothers, uh, Fire Fraterno, works at Google. So me and him got together and we came up with a plan of, basically bringing a few different people. It was like a day at Google and it was awesome. But we brought a, a bunch of different career ventures from Google and they uh, set up a very nice, uh, you know, lunch setting for us. But they, they set up a really cool kind of workshop where our guys were just looking at different opportunities outside the field of, again, sport. And we've uh, had the opportunity to do it at Google. We've went to Facebook. We went to EA Sports and had, um, a former player come out and talk about how he transitioned into um, basically the gaming industry. So being able to tap into to all of those resources that was in the Bay Area, you know, ESPN, or I'm sorry, uh, EA Sports, Facebook, Google, 
uh, Y Combinator, which is, um, you know, kind of a startup uh, accelerator company, just different things like that, different venture capitals. Um, it was it was exceptional real estate. It was it was awesome. And, you know, just again, seeing some of those guys who, you know, uh, we have some guys that will just do it just off the strength of the relationship I have with them. All right. If you think it's a good opportunity, cool, I'll do it. And then once they do it, they'd be like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, man, connect me with the guy that was speaking, blah, 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 because I would love to learn more about this and that. And then even, you know, having some of our retired players who's working in some of those spaces that, you know, they've either interned at or sought out different career opportunities or I put them in line with, like, different day shadows. Like, that's always great to see. And, of course, you get those guys that thank you and all that, but, Again, you don't you don't do it for the notoriety. You don't do it for the thank yous. You just do it to because your heart is in a good place. And you want to help these guys just really move forward outside of football. I think um, one big thing we kind of see is you know a lot of um, players that's on that retirement stage or once they're about to retire, it's hard to keep their identity. You know, you're used to a million people running up to you asking for an autograph, asking for pictures, and then you retire. And people are bumping you in the grocery store and, and they're saying, excuse me. And they're walking right past you. Like, you know, so for, for some athletes, that's a big struggle. And to be able to help them with that transition, um, I, I love it. I love it. Well, again, I'm just, I can't thank you enough for each of them. You know, you talked a lot about the rookies, but with the, that player that's, as they say, retiring out or leaving the industry, leaving the field, what was the most, maybe a recent memorable experience where you worked with someone that's transitioned out of, and now they're in the grocery store and somebody's bumping into them? Can you share a story that happened with regards to that type of player, no longer in the limelight? Yeah, no, um, I think it happens all the time with these guys that leave and, you know, they're, they're used to being really at the highest level of peak performance all the time. And you know, again, they're they're just kind of an average Joe after they're retired. And you have some, you know, Hall of Famers or legends that that they, their name will carry on for the next 100 years for sure. But most of our players that retire, they just become regular D'Angelo's. <laughs> like, there's nothing <laughs> special about them. So, oh, that's um, not true. Let me stop you now. You're very <laughs> special. You're special to especially me and our audience because you're being very transparent. So thank you. So no, continue sure. on. I'm trying that. to not I interrupt that. you. <laughs> no, okay. definitely, definitely. But I guess I, I mean like from where they came from to where they are now, it's, it's really a, a huge difference. So, you know, just being able to have some of those opportunities, whether it's through the NFL uh, PA, whether it's through, you know, ascending athletes that does great work with the NFL and helping guys transition or whether it's us, you know, utilizing our resources with some of the people we've met, um, just having different opportunities for these guys to just pick the brains of some of these CEOs. We tell our guys all the time, like, you know, while you were D'Angelo Shears player for the Las Vegas Raiders, the opportunities you'll get now versus D'Angelo Shears, the retired player or that used to play for the Raiders, it's a little different. You pick up a phone now and say you're a current Raiders player, like the world opens up to you. You can have that job internship with a CEO and job shadow him or shadow him for a day. And, and they'll love it because you're a current player. They want to pick your brain as much as you want to pick their brain. But as a former player, you kind of, it's, it's a little tougher. It's a little different. 
So we always say, you know, maximize the shield as much as you can. Of course, you don't want to use the shield, but you maximize it as much as you can and get the most out of your opportunities while you're playing. Because when a career comes to an end, man, it, it comes fast. And sometimes we're not always prepared for it. So um, we try to tell our guys at least, you know, once a summer or once a off season, just take up an opportunity. Well, while, you know, me and your, like people like yourself and myself, we've had different internships and, you know, we know things we love. We know things we hate. And it's because we've had those experiences to go through them. Whereas the person that's played football all his life, he may have never had another job outside of just being a football player. So, you know, how do you know what you love? How do you know what you hate? You won't know until you figure it out and actually get out there and try to do some things outside of football. So that's something I've always been, you know, passionate about for sure. Well, I can hear and feel the passion as we speak on radio. Man, I can't believe the time has flown by. I've got to take one last break. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you want to know more. I wished it was where I could give you his number, but I can't. There are certain guests that we have on. I bring them on for informational purposes because I hope you're listening, you're motivated. So we're going to take our last break and we're going to come back because I know somebody just joined on or chimed in with this. And you're like, who is this awesome man on board with us today? So we're going to take a last break and we're going to come back and try and put a bow on it. We're going to wrap up and talk about some advice that maybe you didn't hear because you missed out. You didn't chime in with this, but we'll just kind of put a bow on it this evening. So if you will take that last quick break and we will be right back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for taking that quick break. I hope you've been enjoying those motivational sounds in between each of our segments here this evening, but I've got to get ready to turn the lights off. So, but before we do that, how about D'Angelo, my favorite question is if you could leave our listeners with something that maybe I didn't ask you about, maybe some advice, some tips some of the things when you transition from leaving ESPN and moving into another space, the floor is yours. Talk to us. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate the question. Um, yeah. I would like to kind of share a little bit about my story with ESPN. Uh, ESPN was an exceptional company. I had a great time there. I have nothing bad or foul to say at all, but I knew I wanted to be in the NFL, and before I got in the NFL, I spent literally five or six years on Teamworks online every day, looking at different opportunities, you know, sending letters out to different clubs, um, just reaching out. And, you know, I was making, I guess, fairly decent money relative to the cost of living at ESPN. And again, ESPN was, was, was a great opportunity. But when an opportunity came up to be a training camp intern, um, I was already going to be out in the Oakland area for a wedding, and I wound up um, asking the guy from LinkedIn, I said, you know, do you mind if I just come out here and meet with you since I'll be in the area? Okay, well, since you'll be in the area, sure. So stopped by the facility, met with this guy for about two hours, and he literally walked me around. We were having conversations, and I'll never forget, he asked me, he said, wait, so you're willing to leave your full-time salary position at ESPN to come out here and be a training camp intern? He said, I can't promise you anything after that. If you know football, of course, training camp is two, maybe three weeks long. Um, I always figured in my own head, like, we control all the stuff that, all the cliche words, the being dedicated, being reliable, 
perseverance, uh, hard work, that's stuff that we control. But getting your foot in the door is always up to somebody else. So I figured if I could just get in, I knew I can work hard. I knew I didn't mind waking up early or doing the little things, getting coffee or making airport runs. Uh, I didn't mind that type of stuff. So um, I always figured if I could just get my foot in the door, hopefully if I can't stay with that team, hopefully somebody there could at least vouch for me for another team. The NFL, you know, as I'm sure everybody knows, it's, it's a very small kind of fraternity to where a lot of staff members, a lot of employees, coaches, players even, they all rotate around to these different teams. But, you know, once you're in and you know people, then especially if you prove your work work ethic, then it's, it's, it's I want to say it's easy, but it's easier to obtain a job at another team or something like that. So I figured if I could just come in, I know I can work hard and get the little things done. Um, and, you know, this is going on my seventh season. Again, I've been extremely blessed to be in this position. I'm just trying to give them a reason not to get rid of me. Well, I can vouch for you. Have them call me. Speaking of calling, you know, I, I would imagine somebody's listening going, I really wish I can connect with this guy. So for that listener or listeners who may feel like, you know, I'd like to follow in that same career path. Is there a way to reach you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, feel free. The name is D'Angelo Shears. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. That'll be great. Um, reference the interview. That'll be awesome as well. Um, one thing I learned kind of the hard way I got uh, with my girlfriend and she talked about, you know, just understanding the power of LinkedIn and, you know, networking and different things like that. And I always thought I was working real hard on teamwork online and different things like that. But um, I was working hard, but I wasn't working towards my ultimate goal, I guess. So, you know, once I started talking to her, all right, did you, do you have a portfolio? Uh, no, I never put together a portfolio. All right, well, have you been reaching out to, you know, whatever team on LinkedIn? Uh, no, I haven't. All right, so a lot of that stuff started coming uh, later. And then once I did start doing that stuff, that's kind of when the opportunities opened up. I literally typed in Oakland Raiders when they were in Oakland and everybody on that I just connected with. I just connected with. It's probably not the smartest move, but I was just connecting with it. And all, and all I asked for was advice. I didn't want any handouts. I didn't want, you know, anything. I just wanted to know how they got there and any advice they had for me. So I would highly recommend utilizing, you know, the LinkedIn platform. Um, I think it's an exceptional tool for, you know, growth and, and meeting different people in different careers that you may be interested in. But yeah, please feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn and I would love to help as much as I can. Awesome. I know that had to be a valuable question because somebody wanted to know that. And I just really appreciate, by the way, you know, phonetically, I can say your name, but why don't you spell it for us again? So therefore <laughs> they don't say, oh, she should have done that. Go ahead and spell sure. it for us. <laughs> Yeah, D-E, uh, capital A-N-G-E-L-O, and last name Shears, S-H-E-A-R-S. Cool beans. Well, guys, you guys, you heard the fact that LinkedIn works, but just out of curiosity, are there any other websites or places to start my research if I might want to jump into this field for an opportunity? For, for sure. I think most people know about TamWorks Online. Um but definitely, you know, utilize TeamWorks online and um, just understand what you're kind of looking towards. Another piece of advice that someone told me was um, know what you want to do. 
So when I first got into it, I was reaching out to everybody and I just kept saying, you know, I don't, it don't matter where I'm at. Like, just, I just want to get my foot in the door. I just want to get my foot in the door. Whatever it is, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this. And, and all that's cool. But, you know, if you're talking to somebody in the operations department, you probably want to kind of cater your conversation towards operations. If you're talking to somebody in the equipment department, you want to cater your, you know, your um, conversation towards equipment. So same thing with scouting. I think whatever you're in, if you're talking to somebody, basically the advice that was given to me was, um, how will I know how to guide you if you don't know where you want to go? So I have, you know, everybody in these spaces that I, you know, have contacts with, but if you tell me you just want to get your foot in the door, then do I reach out to everybody? Like, it don't work like that. So if you tell me, man, I really want to be in scouting. All right, I know I can, I have a direct contact to scouting I can get you in contact with, or I can try to, you know, look for those opportunities and keep you abreast of those. But if I have no idea what you're looking at, then it's tough for me to kind of guide you one way or another. So I thought that was something that was really helpful for me because I was the guy that was, oh, man, anything I can do, I just want to get my foot in the door. However I can help. I was always that guy for sure. Well, it paid off for you. And for that individual that's feeling like, I'm not sure what I want to do, I encourage you. What was that website again? Spell it for me. Tan, Tam? Uh, Teamworks. So regular team, T-A-M, works, uh, W-O-R-K-S, teamworksonline.com. Awesome. Hopefully you guys got that. Teamworks, which is, there's no I in team. So T-E-A-M, W-O-R-K-S, dot, no, online. Online, yep. We just started a 501c3. It's called Why Not Me, I-N-C. And, you know, growing up in Chicago, kind of in a not so great area, I would say, you know, you had every distraction and every reason to kind of do some of those other things in life, whether it's joining the gang or doing this or doing that. I always kind of looked at it. And of course, I had a good, uh, I had great parents that always steered me in the right direction. But that stuff kind of just never really was something I was interested in. And I always kind of looked at you know, CEOs of companies or millionaires and billionaires or athletes, whatever it was. And I always thought to myself, you know, why not me? I grew up with the basketball player, Darren Gross. And, you know, one thing he said during the year he won MVP, they asked him, like, you know, so Derek, who's going to win MVP? Is it, you know, LeBron James is going to be Kobe, like D-Wade? He said, well, shoot, you know, I, I put the hard work in. Like, I work every day. You know, why can't it be me? Why, why can't I do it? And that's something that's always stuck with me as well. So, you know, being fortunate enough to be in this player engaged in the space, of course, our mindset is to help our athletes. But during this process, I've come across dozens and dozens of great people. You know, some are high top CEOs and high level CEOs or owners or entrepreneurs, high level real estate people. Others are young people that haven't really made it yet, but are very inspiring, different things like that. But, you know, just looking at some of those resources that, you know, people that look like me don't, they don't usually have the opportunity to have growing up. And uh, I guess what we can call the hoods, <laughs> you don't usually understand, you don't really know about real estate or investment opportunities or, you know, entrepreneurship. And as great of a job as my mom did, again, I never had an option outside of college. I knew I was going to college from the age of coming out the womb. <laughs> but, you know, I, I never learned about entrepreneurship. And who knows, if I had, maybe that could have been something that I could have, you know, started at an early age. Maybe I could have started my own company at the age of 15 or something like that. So I think uh, Why Not Me just kind of embodies some of the resources I've been blessed to have in this space. And really, I want to try to impact the community of which I kind of grew up in. I really 
grab some of these resources and bring them back and have people that look like us, people that don't look like us, and just have really everybody understand. And whether you're a youth or whether you're a 65-year-old man or woman who's been working at, you know, CVS or the post office or the DMV all your life and you're looking for a career change and, you know, real estate or entrepreneurship, I want to be able to impact those people as well. So just got it off the ground, very excited about it, still working on some of the some of the details of it, but that's basically the gist of it, and I, I want to keep moving forward with it. Now, do you have a website that we can check you out yet? Or? Oh, man, I knew that was coming. Not yet. Uh should be up and running shortly. But, yeah, we're going to start really advertising, promote, putting a lot of stuff out there, internet, website, and different things like that, probably within the next couple of weeks. Well, I can um, assure I you, sure keep you we will definitely reconnect, even if I have to introduce you to one of my colleagues here at the radio station, because Why Not Me just is a great place to jump back in and talk about, you know, your mission and your vision and your goals and your objectives. But I know I could hold you hostage all evening and I won't do that. I'm going to create a space for a part two. And if it's not with me, it'll be with one of our younger radio personalities. But either way, it's been a pleasure pleasure talking about what space you're in and and like i said we're taking that that last break and again ladies and gentlemen hold your hold your hats because we're, we're going to be back never too busy and uh we'll definitely have to do a part two at some time for sure we will and matter of fact i'm going to challenge the listeners to write in questions that you'd like for me to ask mr oh, she so therefore i won't just think I'm speaking for you, you'll get questions asked that you are very interested in knowing. <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you will each continue to join me and bring friends every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for more informative episodes of All That Matters talk shows. Please remember to visit our website at igmainc.org. It stands for I Give Myself Away in Memory of My Son Who Was Murdered While Away at College. Check us out, igmainc.org, to learn more about our nonprofit offerings. And feel free to email topics that matter to you or simply call us at 770-422-4048. And finally, be sure to check out all of the other exciting radio personalities, especially our DJ Jazzy, our radio producer, who she will continue to guide you through an eclectic listening experience every weekend here on Artistic Toronto Radio. On a side note, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to take a moment to wish my phenomenal mama, Fanny Jo Griffin, a very happy 83rd birthday on May 30th. Mama, it's this day I publicly salute you for your years of unwavering love and support to my awesome brothers, Prophet Marlon Griffin, Charlie B. Griffin III, and me, along with your host of grands and great-grands and all of the men and women who call you mom. Collectively, we sincerely wish you many, many more years of uncommon favor simply because we love you, baby girl. So until next time, ATM Radio listeners, please stay healthy and safe. And remember, what we value at IGMA Inc. is all that matters to you. Good night. <laughs>